The Corian Football Club podcast is kindly sponsored by the Lodge Hotel in Corian, famous for food, functions, and friends. Welcome along once again to the official Korean FC podcast. Um, I don't know where you are, but it's absolutely raining down here. So it's a, it's a miserable afternoon, but we, we'll hope we'll, we'll brighten your day up with a, a bit of chat later on. But first of all, uh, just our usual thank you very much to our sponsors, the Lodge Hotel in Korean. Uh, and don't forget, if you're looking for a sort of last minute Christmas present, the hotel Gift vouchers are always a good idea, so um, check them out, check out the website and see what you can do. So, without further ado, we have a very special guest on the show this week alongside Jonathan and myself. Uh, and a big welcome, Corian, welcome to Michael Carville. Good afternoon, Michael. How are we? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. Now, obviously, you're not a Korean player nor a former Korean player either, but you're on the show this afternoon because, you know, apart from being a very successful footballer and, and now a player manager um, with Kilmore Rec, you are, I suppose, one of the figureheads of the new players, the, the player football union uh, in Northern Ireland. And I, I think, am I right in thinking, Michael, that it was your kind of idea? I think I, I was reading somewhere you were doing a degree thesis and it sort of came out of that. Maybe you could explain just a little bit for our listeners how it came about and its importance. Yeah, um, I think we go back to 2018, where it initially it initially started, the planning process. I was completing a master's at Ulster University Sports Management. And I did my thesis all around the need and for a professional football association for the, the Northern Ireland Football League. Um, during that time, obviously, and I mean, we go back to the story, and it always it's, it's always not a pleasant way to start any story. It was it was around the time that Jerry Thompson fatality um with Carrick Rangers and, and how it affected the league, how it affected all of us involved in the football family. I think we were all just shocked. Um and it really hit home that that there was a not not necessarily a lack, but almost a gap of uh support for players. Um, obviously, whilst they're whilst they're playing, and we know our clubs do a great job and things like that. So it was always the message was, this is not saying our clubs can't, you know, and do these kind of things. We kind of thought there needs to be a unique bespoke service to help our players, and, and it was all the captains at the time came together and we we raised money, and obviously we we collected money to help Jay Thompson's family, and, and I think that was delivered by by Sean O'Neill to the family. But on that WhatsApp message, it was just like. You know, we need a player's body. We need a we need a a union. We need to get together and get this get this started. And I was in the the midst of doing the thesis, and and I says, look, I'll be one hundred percent honest with you. I agree. I've started conversations with the powers to be, and it it's kind of just snowballed from there, really. And it and uh, it's really really took off. And I think that the beauty of it is that when something does take off, it shows that there was desire and need for it, and we're dead at where we are today. Yeah, I mean, when I was thinking about it before coming on here, and I was thinking, I must ask you, were you surprised, Michael, that had never happened before? Yeah, well, I think the first thing I actually did as part of the thesis was go back um to when they tried to set it up previously. I think there there was um the name's going to leave me now. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> um, a former a former Linfield player, well respected lawyer and solicitor. Um, oh, who's that? That there's left me. That'll come to you. That will, that will come to me. And um, we sat down, <laughs> and he obviously went through that they had something in place, and and there, there was a player's body, and and they created all the, the articles and all back back then, and there was instances back then where it was needed, but it kind of, I suppose, faded away, and the lack of investment and the lack of support was very difficult to maintain it. And then I think back to the most recent one, I think Glenn Ferguson was involved, maybe with Paul Lehman and others. They, they looked at potentially set one then. The, the big thing, and, and I include this in my presentation when I go out and sit and speak to all the clubs and all the players, was that um, there wasn't enough money. If they charged per player, they wouldn't have enough money to recruit staff and keep it going. 
So I always, I always put that out straight away and say, look, this is very important to, to realize why it failed. More importantly, that is why it didn't work. Um, because there's there's nobody that can tell me that if they did get it up and running back then, it wouldn't have been successful. It was probably just the lack of financial resource that made it very difficult to continue. So I obviously then was tasked with, right, well, it hasn't worked before. So why is it going to work now? And I think we're very good in this country of shooting people down from the start is that they say, I'll never work. It'll never work. It'll never, it'll never start. And um, I think that was kind of a motivational factor for me and, and the other players involved to kind of say, well, let's see how we can make it work. And um, that those connections now that we have created with Faith Pro, who's the world governing body for all players unions, you know, we, we're only back from South Africa there two weeks ago. And the amount of smaller nations than Northern Ireland that have had their players' bodies going for the close to 10, 15 years is incredible. Um, but yet we always believe that, you know, it's Northern Ireland football. We just, that's the way we do things. We get on with it and all. We, we roll up our sleeves and we don't need a union and things like that. When I'm sitting out there with smaller countries and smaller nations and seeing the support they're giving their players, it just reinforces my beliefs. And, and it kind of excites me that I'm delighted where we are now and, if we do this right, and I believe we are doing it right, this will be here for as long as the league continues. That's a, that's a good legacy to have. Um, I'm just thinking, from a Korean point of view, you, you, you got good support, I think, from Korean. And I, and I think one of the, the people that is alongside you is Stephen Lowry. Um, everybody knows Stephen here in Korean. And, and he's been quite a, a help to you as well, hasn't he? Massive. Stevie, me and Stevie go back. We worked together. Um, we worked in funding years ago and we was the share desk and obviously played together. Um, so I had a very good relationship with Stephen. And, and if anybody knows Stephen, I know how well respected he is at Korean is what Stephen says, he delivers and what he, he stands by, he always stands by with the right um frame of mind and he will deliver it in his best professional way he can. And he's been a great resource for us. He's, he understands it. He, he will agree with me. He will challenge me. We will have disagreements about what way we think it should go. But that's exactly what you need to think in any organization if you want to make it work. Um, Stephen got his eyes open in South Africa. As we traveled together and <laughs> on an 11-hour flight and, and, and the, the, the South Africa. And we were obviously in an economy class and paid out of our own pocket and, and, and things like this. So this is the big thing we're saying to our players and our members is that you know, it might sound very mm. fancy us flying out to South Africa and, and things like this here, but we're kind of doing this for the greater good. And we know by building these relationships with Faith Pro and, and, and eventually unlocking that funding that we're bringing that resource back for our players. And it's one thing that we always want to make sure the message is consistent, that this is for the players. That, that Michael Carvel and Stevie Laurie and, and Michael Ward, who's obviously the, the three directors, are driving it and pushing it. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is not about us because one day that will change. But what will not change is the support for the players. So it's it's a, it's a bigger picture, I suppose, what we're trying to get. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, like me, you're probably thinking, why hasn't it been done before? But I think it's almost reflective of the times that we're living in now that it has taken off now and it has got the support because the world that we live in now we all know there's a myriad number of issues that are out there that affect all of us on a day-to-day basis and a weekly basis. And footballers are certainly no different. You know, sometimes maybe as supporters, people forget they're humans as well at the end of the day, as well as footballers. Uh, but it is great to see what Michael's doing. And of course, with help from Stephen Larry, who you know very well. Yeah, obviously Stevie's Stevie's a good lad and, and, and one of the best around. And, and yeah, I think like, social media is a big thing too. And probably in the last what ten years, that's really sort of taken off. And people can write anything they want under an anonymous account and you know say about how crap a player was at the weekend or how a player should be released or things like that. And obviously as well, there's you know players being on the transfer list, the emotional support needed for that, and trying to get another club. Um. So yeah, no, I think yeah, probably I'm surprised it's never really taken off. But again, um, I think now with just like the cost of living crisis and everyone else, and the players are just human beings like like me and you. They're they're not on three hundred thousand pound a week like like Haaland is in the Premier League or things like that. So, uh, no, yeah, I think it's the probably the perfect time but with everything that's going on and and people are probably still like really recovering from COVID as well. Maybe players who also have businesses and stuff like that. So, no, yeah, I think um I think it's one of the things that, that, that that's needed. I think you know the league's probably going more professional. 
you know, there's probably three three teams that are now professional, um, maybe four. Um, so no, yeah, I think as well, it's not only the professional teams as well. You get you know, guys playing for Lawrence teams, you get guys playing for Rough Riding Rangers or whoever it is. Um, across all 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 the divisions. So, um, no, yeah, it's it's, it's a really important um um a lifeline for for people. Yeah, Michael, just what what kind of without going into too much detail, I know, but I mean, what kind of Issues do you hear from players? I mean, the great thing is that you have played uh, a great career over a long number of years, as has Stephen and Michael as well, probably. So you're in a good place to hear. But what kind of issues do you hear that people come to you with? Well, I think if if we really strip it down and go to mm. the what they have mostly discussed, because we do a survey with all our members and things like this here. Obviously, the big concern was the contract initially. You know, the, the standard professional contract, which which is currently in a review process and is currently looking to be changed. Do you know what I mean? Had a lot of things in it that, as when we looked at it, and we brought it to the legal support of Speech Pro. We didn't believe it was fit for purpose. We believe there needed to be change. And um, and when players are under that contract, they weren't aware of what they were signing. They they had no idea. And um, I signed it. Um, we all signed it. We all just took it as that was gospel. You did it and things again. Did I read the terms and conditions? I didn't. I, I had to hold my hands up. Would I say 90% of the players who signed that contract didn't do it? Yeah, I'd probably say like very little of them did sign those contracts. So when things go wrong, but and this is what we're about, that's where then our phone starts ringing. Because if somebody, a player then rings us and says, look, for example, I, I got injured playing for a club. And I'm not, they've said they can't afford the operation. You know, the current contract stipulates that the club are not mandatory, do not have to pay for that operation. But you would believe that as a as a player, the club would do so. And, and that all that falls down to is that ambiguity of like, you know, nobody holds responsibility for it. So when that does go wrong, the club's not obliged to pay it. So now the player's in a position where they feel like, oh no, I'm I'm injured. I'm also not going to be able to get my operation. What do I do or how do I help? And I suppose that's where we kind of try and build our services around is that protection of the player. So the player reach out and needs support. Do we have it? If we don't have it, can we get it? And um, if we can't get it, who can provide that support and how do we link that player with the right people? And um, it, 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 there's a lot around obviously player contracts, injury, and then obviously the stuff that we can never speak about, but and we can never, we never will, is, is, is the mental health support that, you know, Archie McConnell's came on board. And it's a bespoke service. And I say this to all the players in the change room. I would never have told David Jeffrey and Stephen Baxter that I was suffering. Reason being, they're my managers. I want to play on Saturday. If I come out of the team at, at the clubs I was at, you didn't get back into the team. Um, <laughs> and then your chance of getting a new contract at the end of the season were diminished. And that is... And that's football. And, and we respect managers because they have to make them difficult decisions. But a player suffering from a mental health issue needs help. And you can't just pretend it'll go away. So then that's where we come in as individuals and we are able to support the player off the pitch. And then he can still carry on playing. It doesn't affect his, his long-term employment. Has that changed at all, Michael? Are players freer now to maybe say to a manager I have certain because I get what you're saying but you like back 10 years ago 15 years ago if you had approached a manager and said I've got mental health problem or a mental issue or something you know I'm just not well yeah. you know their fundamental thing is to put out a winning team their jobs are on the line as well and they maybe see that you know maybe wrongly as maybe perceived as a weakness but I'm just wondering over the years has things changed that now if a player had issues could they go to a manager and would that yeah maybe now not affect what their position in the team i i think and, and this is probably a manager's head i think that position is very difficult for a manager because the manager has to protect the player and his welfare and some managers have reached out to us for support which which i've really liked they've kind of said look we want this player to get help do you know what i mean and, and they do need help urgency urgently can you assist i think players are, are aware. I think society's changed around this. The, it, they can speak and they can get help. And we do work with the sports chaplaincy um, with Philip Mitchell. He's come in and he's another service that players can go to and speak and they're in and around the clubs and they, they, can, they can share the information. But the, the thing is that we're talking about critical care here when it gets to the point where this player is in real danger and they need urgent help. 
I think this is the situation where then we are best placed to come in and provide that support. And, and we have done it with players in the league. It's completely confidential. But the ma- the managers now, this is this is this is where I think the message is getting lost that we respect the managers. They have a very difficult job. The club's capacity on volunteers and resources and what they're doing, the product they're delivering is exceptional. Exceptional. We are not coming in as the the flipping beating down um the clubs and saying this is not good enough. You have to do better. We're trying <clears> to share support and we're trying to support the clubs. And I think when we get that message across, and every club understands, we're not a union. We're not a we're not come in and knocking on doors every day and saying this is not good enough. But that comes with trust. And over time, I'm a, I believe we've started to build that trust. We've start people are starting to realize that we're here for the players. We're not going to come in and you know take clubs to court over payments or anything like that there. What we're trying to do is provide another service to help our clubs because um, we understand how difficult it is. Uh, and Johnny mentioned the, the, the words social media. I mean, we all live in, a, in, a, in an era now where social media is everywhere we go. But we all know and we've all seen, you know, sports people and social media and the way that it works. And some people opt not to go on to social media because of the problems that it maybe creates. Um, do you find that is an issue with your players, your clubs or, or administrators? Yeah, I, I go back to the Irish League forums there um, and and fans <laughs> can write in whatever they wanted and, <laughs> and uh, all players says, I don't read them. I, I never read them. We, we all did read them. I mean, <laughs> we, we all went on and had a wee nosy because we, we all, and especially when we played well, we, we all wanted <laughs> but maybe not so much when we had a nightmare and I think with social media, the danger and is that, and, and you're seeing at a Premier League level, and we speak to the PFA in England about this as well, is that it's it's getting very close to you know personal, and and the mm. stuff being said is away from football. You know, a player can take a fan going on social media and saying, you know, Stephen Lowry had a bad day today, or Stephen Lowry didn't look like he was at it today, and you know, everyone's yeah. entitled to their opinion. That's a difference between making a personal remark about a player. And I think that the, the laws around, even in society, around social media, and what can you say and what can't say, and what we're starting to see with people obviously losing employment through social media as well is something that, I'm, you know, you have to, if you're working and representing, or if you're coming out and saying stuff, and to me, it's degrading. It's nothing to do with football, and it's it's actually really affecting the player's well-being. That, to me, is a problem. Like that, That's where you've crossed the line. And there's no comeback from that. And you put it on social media, and you've made that decision to say that. Now, if you want to talk about performance and playing, we live in society, that, that's okay. That's We can take that. And, and by the way, alongside that with, is a degree of banter, a degree of, you know, <laughs> we're, which we, we're very good at. We, we can sometimes say stuff to each other in this country that other countries would be like, wow, you actually say that to each other, but that's our that's our way and I suppose our personalities. But there's a line. And one that, once that line's crossed for me, I, I think that that's that's where it's wrong for players and, and it's difficult. The, Johnny, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because you're obviously the like media guy at Korean. You do a lot of the social media and you obviously follow social media. Um, it is. It's um, it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it, really? I mean, not only here, but as, as Michael rightly points out, across in the Premier League in England, like even the top players have to contend with it. Um, and it is a difficult one because... We live in a, a democracy where we we value free speech, you know. So there's, and Michael said, it's a very fine line, isn't it, between what you can and what you cannot say. Yeah, I've mentioned it before on here. Like, yeah, you can go on and say, look, um, felt they could have defended a bit better today, or but then you go on and <laughs> absolutely came, we'll say one of the defenders, and say they're absolutely terrible and they should never play again and all that. So, yeah, social media is memorable for that. It's, it's probably only going to get worse, I think, to be honest, um, unless like major actions taken and. And yeah, I think, you know, I personally think all the players and staff and all still read social media. I think they might tell you that they don't, but I'd say nine times out of ten that, that, that they probably do. So um yeah, it's just it's just sadly an indictment of, of probably society now. And I think, you know, I'm sure if if you were to ask if you were asked twenty years ago, David, but people will probably have free speech, they say stuff like that online, you probably would have said no. So who knows what could happen probably, you know, in the in the next twenty years or even, you know, five years or whatever. So um, no, yeah, I think social media is a, a great tool, um, don't get me wrong, in terms of information and all, but 
with that, I think comes a bit of social responsibility as well, which could maybe. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually I'm old enough to remember the time and working in a, in a newspaper and we had um letters. People used to send letters, <laughs> you know, and it was the same thing then that there was letters to come in you couldn't have printed. Because yeah. it went too far, but things have obviously, obviously moved on. Um, I think, I think just to add that, Damon, sorry, as, as well. Yeah. Um, and, and this is another message that we deliver, and, and we try and make sure of this is that players have a responsibility as well. Um, you know, players are in charge of their own social media, they, they can come out and say things and, and, and stuff like that. So, our job we see in that is to educate. Because mm-hmm. now, obviously, for a player and um, playing in the Irish League, it's it's a lot more um, a lot more focus on the players. And and if a player wants to improve or go or move to another club, clubs are like openly saying like they will check their social media and they will look at what they're saying and how they're behaving and, and what they're sharing and and so so on. So there, there's an element of education there, which which I spoke about, and uh, we've seen instances in the Irish League which you know hasn't shown rightly on, on our product and maybe stuff off the pitch that we don't want to bring into the game. But th- there is a responsibility for us as, as, as the player's body. They also remind our players that it's very important to monitor their own, what they say in social media, because they can't uh, then complain about fans saying stuff if they are also behaving in a similar fashion. It is. It's a two-way thing as well. Now, I know, Michael, that you're, you're under pressure for time today, and, and I thank you for your time. Uh, I'm just going to say, you know, I mean, you're obviously a very busy man, but do you enjoy the role that you have? Because I know that you're a player manager, as I said, but come all right. You've got work, you've got a family. You're a busy guy. Yeah. Um, I suppose in terms of my own career, when I, when I looked at it and obviously stepped away from playing in the Irish League, that, you know, I, mean, I, I always had this drive and desire to, to try and set up a, the Professional Football Association for Northern Ireland. And it's one of them things that when you put, you want to do something and, and you believe in the principles, you believe you're doing it for the right reasons and you believe it's right and I still stand by it, then I think that's what keeps driving you on. And, and it's completely voluntary. Um, And the management committee that we meet once a month and we, we discuss all the issues and, and the legal team and the legal support we get are doing it voluntary as well. It's, 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 it's getting to the point now where we're kind of saying, look, this is, this is driven through... The, the right reasons and, and we're trying to promote it we're trying to sell it but we're trying to get away from that now because as i've said to the management committee is that we don't need to sell anymore we're here we're now we have to do and we have to deliver and and that's what message we're trying to get to our members is that like we really want you to buy into this and invest in this because this has been set up the right way and it hasn't been thrown together and obviously try and make it better for football in northern ireland for me personally it's yes my, my wife is obviously asking questions why i'm going to South Africa while I'm flying away. I obviously, my, my full-time job within the Irish Football Association is something that, that always takes preference and priority. Um, and then I'm, I'm also, um, as I work in coach education, and then also working in the Kilmore Rec is, is my local club. And it's it's something that when I stepped away from playing football that I wanted to still have that feeling of being connected and it's a club that I'm very proud of and, and obviously what we're trying to do in, in the amateur league level which is completely different than the Irish league it's it still brings me back to the the beauty of, of the game and the, the reason why you start playing as a 10 year old you know what I mean so um, all that included with my, my, my lovely family as well yes it is it is very busy but I think sure we'll worry about that in 30 years time 40 years time. <laughs> <laughs> Michael before you go do you know how many times you broke my heart when you scored for, scored for Lumfield against Korea you, you had a really really bad knack of scoring against us do you... I, I think I know it was a bad knack wasn't it there was actually one it was one ground I think my two best away grounds was Chippenville and Coleraine I think looking back and people say people always ask players and always listen to players talking why why was that and I was it was just I don't know why I really I love the show grounds like I really and I haven't actually played on the new 3G pitch at the show grounds obviously it was, it was all grass but we used to love I think it was I love going to stadiums and I think Glen Haven was something similar Especially we like you know in Linfield when it was like a full house and it was a it was a great atmosphere a real buzz and 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 really enjoyable, um on it but no I think uh just Coleraine was very unfortunate maybe one of the only clubs unfortunate that I score I, I tend to score away from home against um but no it's a it's a great club <laughs> a lot of respect a lot lot of respect for obviously I was lucky to play with Owen Kearney for a year at Linfield as well. Um, and he was one of the guys in, in that team that was surrounded by legends of Winky Murphy as well. He's down there. 
Glenn Ferguson, Noel Bailey, you know, the Michael Golds were the, the next line coming through kind of thing. It, he was like a, a great ambassador and a great part guy that you would have went and spoke to about anything. He, he had that way about him. And, and it's just obviously we had the same back managing now in the Irish League because the, the more Orn Kearney's we have, the, the better it is for the game. Yeah, he's, he's, they're struggling a little bit at the moment, uh, Michael. But I guess you've been in the game a long, long time. And that, that's par for the course, isn't it? There's good times and there's not so good times. Ab- absolutely. And let's not forget that the, the, the market in the, in the Northern Ireland Football League has changed. And it's it's went um, the levels of, you know, now teams are playing at and competing at. It, it, it's great to see and it's fantastic. And Lauren have really set... A benchmark for 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 the league, and it's 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 great to see. And and Linfield, who you know, I mean, I represented as well for years, is also been up there the whole time. And it's it's almost feels like somebody's come into that monopoly, that market, and it's kind of like people thought, will this work? To me, it has worked from an outsider because I'm neutral now. I can say it. I think it's it's fantastic to see the 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 battling for power and trying to win and and, and see the Friday night football. I would not miss a Friday night game on on the BBC iPlayer. It is fantastic. Uh, you know, you turn on a championship match in England and and the baby and you know there's a match on on, on tonight. Carrie Rangers Crusaders. You, you're automatically th- on sorry on Friday night. You're automatically going. I can't wait to watch it. And and that to me is success and it shows you where the league's at. But just going back to the Koreans' position, um, you look at the team and and the players they have that you know and and have done so well. That I th- I think this happens. It, it cycles. You know what I mean. And hopefully again that you know Orn can manage the the rectify obviously the issues that's maybe happening within the team. I think conceding is is maybe an issue that obviously Korean are looking at currently. But um, I have no doubt. Obviously Orn Orn will be able to fix that. It's just hard like at the moment, but you know that's that's where you union guys come in. Keep your <laughs> keep your phone by close by. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it is it's it's but it's great that we can have these discussions and it's great to to see the league being propelled. And I think Niffle have obviously done done a lot in terms of marketing the game and and improving the game in that in that sense. But as I always say, it's it's the volunteers, it's the people at the clubs that you walk in and you go back to all the clubs you're part of. It's that feeling of like it's live or die on a Saturday now, and it's and and the listening to it and watching it and now I've been on the outside looking in. I didn't appreciate it as a player. I probably as a player, you're probably, you know, you didn't realize how much people really care. You know, what I mean, you just kind of got on with it and you, you took each game as a game. But um, no, there's great people in the Irish League. There, there's there's obviously the teams are getting better and stronger. And I mean, I mean that in a way that they're getting better. Certainly, like, you know, you look at Coleraine, for example, a three G surface. I believe there's another training pitch potentially going on behind. The academy coming on now, a full time academy for young players and stuff like that. Like ten years ago, if we were sitting on a podcast and I said that, just I think he would have laughed and says, "There's no chance that will ever work. It will never take off like that. It will. It wouldn't happen." And I think now that it has, I was part of the Linfield full time team, uh, back in the day when there were six or seven of us, and Linfield tried to introduce it, and it wasn't ready. It wasn't maybe ready to go. And now you're looking at it. It's almost like if you're not building a full time model. Are you falling away? Can you compete with the top sides? And to me, that's that's good. But it also highlights then why the PFA then is necessary because we know, and this is something that I want to make sure all fans understand and, and club people understand, these players are signing contracts and it, it might sound like a lot of money to a fan or, or, or anybody else not in the club, but this money is not life-changing and this money is not going to make them retire when they turn 30 <laughs> 33, 34, they're going to have to go back into the big bad world, which we all now know is very difficult to gain employment and, and stuff like that. So although the obviously more money is in the game and, and things like that, it doesn't mean the players are obviously going to be in a position where they can step away and completely retire. So um, I suppose that's the message to make it very clear. It sounds amazing being a professional player, but it's it's not a professional player, never compared to the Premier League in England. Or, or, I, think that's the, I think that's a fair point. <clears throat> I think yeah. We sometimes we equate the professional like with silly money that players get in the English Premier League or across the water. And as you rightly say, you've been there and you know what it's like and it's not life-changing money. So, Michael, if you want to go, you can go now. I know you've got family commitments there. No problem at all. Can I just extend my thanks to Jonathan and Damien for having me on and uh, wish Korean 
all the best for the, the remainder of the season. I'll be I'll be watching very closely and Stephen Laurie keeps me well informed anyway. I'm sure, I'm sure he does. Like like we're 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 not going well in the league in the Irish Cup draw yesterday paired us with the Cliftonville, so I don't know what's gonna no. happen. I've seen that. I always remember the Irish Cup draw. You're when things you're kind of hoping for, you know, a little momentum builder, as I called it, where you could maybe get a team that could build confidence. I think that's the tie around, like, and um, yeah, well, but, you know, you get you, you know, you look at it either glass half full or half empty, you know, it could be like potentially the end of the season or it could be a momentum changer that could kick start the rest of the season. I think, I think Crusaders are, are, are evident, evidence of it. I think um, there's the last couple of seasons, Crusaders, Stephen, maybe has been disappointed maybe not to be challenging and things like that. Then the Irish Cup came along and all of a sudden it just sparked life into the season again and, and they went on to win it. Um, and and I, as you say, for me as a player, and I guarantee you the players will be saying this as well, the most difficult game was the first round of the Irish Cup because there were certain teams that if you were playing against, that I remember one time at Linfield playing drawn against, I think it was PSNI potentially, and drawn nil-nil. And it was a lose-lose situation. <laughs> I had to go do a replay, whereas Clevenville versus Coleraine, there's no shame there. Mm. Both teams just have to go for it. And I, I tell have you what, go for it. it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good game, definitely. It, I have a feeling it'll be the Friday night BBC game, so you'll get the chance to watch it. <laughs> Brilliant. Hope so. Michael, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very Keep much. Up the good work. And, and you're welcome down at Corian anytime, as long as Johnny's not there. <laughs> Brilliant. you break his heart again. Thanks, <laughs> Michael. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. Well, that was uh, an illuminating, illuminating conversation, Johnny, uh, with Michael Carville there. Um, it was great to, to get him on the podcast and really great to hear some of the, the work that both he and Stephen Lowry um, are involved in. And it, it all sounds sounds very important work too, doesn't it? Yeah, it was uh, earmarked, obviously, Michael, to come on for a while. I just think there's a different kind of interview, I think, to really speak but uh, probably more important than than, than the others that, that we've had, and and yeah, I think stuff like that, as as I said, as I said earlier, a players' union um for both males and females um is so important for for them both on and off the pitch and anything um out there that can help help them no matter how big or small it is can, can only be seen as an advantage, and I think it'd be worse if if a player was struggling and they had nothing out there um but but now they do and. Especially, and I mentioned it before to you about social media and the cost of living crisis and, and contracts and operations and all different type of things. So, you know, it's always good that they that they have a, an extra pair of hands out there that that, that, that can give them. Mm. And as we know, it it is t- tough for players generally, and specifically at the moment, it's 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 tough for Korean players because obviously the, the team, um, is in a poor run of form. You know, we we look back at the week that's just gone. Um, drew away at Glenavon on the Saturday. Glenavon played the second half with 10 men and Corian caught with a sucker punch goal and added time. And then, of course, played Glenavon in the Bet McLean Cup just a few days later on the Tuesday. Once again, when, well, not once again, but this time lost and exited the cup uh, at the quarterfinal stage. I mean, on reflection, Johnny, it's it's a bad run at the moment, and those two games just typify what what the run form is like. Yeah, there's there's no polishing it up or or probably defending it. I would say I think obviously I wasn't there last Saturday, but I was following it on, on the mobile and and yeah, I think when we went one up with ten minutes to go against ten men, you're thinking okay, we we probably had to dig that one out, got patient, but after doing all the hard work, you then go and concede um against ten men, so that was a broker of a result, especially. With Crusaders dropping points, um, here above us in the table, and then obviously Tuesday night, I think, um, yeah, to be fair to Glenavon, I probably thought they deserved. It. I thought they worked a bit harder. Um, they got their goals. They scored at good times. They missed some big chances as well. Not you know the one from Prendergast before he made it two one, um, and yeah, they, they caught us in the counter attack for 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 the third goal. And yeah, disappointing. Obviously, look, I think when we got the draw, we wanted a home draw, and we got that in the semi final, the home draw too. So. Um, your two home draws to, to get their fourth consecutive League Cup final. So, yeah, that's definitely an opportunity missed. Um, but again, and I say it all the time, and it's not an excuse, but, and I'm definitely not using it as an excuse, but we're just missing the spine of the team through injury. I think probably leaders more than anything, I would say at the minute. Um, Stevie O'Donnell, Stephen Lowry, Josh Carson. Um, they're all leaders in our team. Obviously, Chevy's the one that, that has been burdened with, with, with scoring most of the goals. So, 
they are big misses. Um, but again, as I said a few weeks ago, it's up to them players who are coming in. They, they try and make the most of it, and and that you know the jury's out that probably I think. Um, so yeah, look, I think obviously confidence is probably low. Um, and they probably just need to pick up a win by any means necessary. And but listen, it's weird because the team have it in them. You know, we've won it. We've won it, Crusader. We've won it, Glenthorn. We've drew home the Larn, so um, we're we'll called as they are. So, um, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed that it can come out. As mm, it, it is, as you say, they're probably the, the 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 part that you just said, which is probably important, is the leadership. Um, without a number of players that you you sort of mentioned there, the last couple of games you're looking, and you're looking to see where the leaders are in the team, and. Perhaps you just don't see it. And it just seems to be that you said that lack of confidence allied to missing big players. But then I suppose that's, you know, that's the same for any team. Glenavon, I think, finished the game on Tuesday night with, I think, one recognised centre half. Yeah. Out of three, three, three midfielders and a, and a centre half, a teenager. So you cannot use injuries. And I don't think the manager ever really does to his credit. Just, but I suppose it's like anything, you know. If you're in a good run of form and wins breed success, and it, it's a winning run, and you get confidence from it. And the flip side of that is when you're on a bad run and you can't get a win, just that lack of confidence spreads throughout the side as well. And you can see that in their play, can't you? It's yeah, they get says knee on the head, and you know, and and as we things I pick up, and I think. Was it Isaac Bear or someone late in the second half? I think it was only two one at this point. Was able to get the ball out for a goal kick, and he celebrated like he scored a goal. And it's just wee things you pick. It's just the tiniest things that you pick up. Um, so obviously the confidence is high in the camp. And I spoke to Stephen McDonald um, the other day at the at football writers conference, and and he was saying that he went in and the, the camp there was low. He says, you know, you could hear a pin drop. And he says, no, you can't hear anybody speak, or you can't because they're all chatting, they're all buzzing, and and that and you can and you can see that uh, with them and. You know, when you look at their first goal, it was a great ball over and Malone takes a great touch, bang, it's in the back of the net. And the third goal too was a great goal because Peter Campbell's got so much, you know, he's done well to give himself a bit of space, perfectly made a pass and substitute comes on and latches it in. So, yeah, no, they look like a team that's playing with confidence and as well as that now, they're looking up to go to the top six um, as well. So, whereas our confidence is, is, is a bit low. So, no, you can definitely tell. Um, and that's why, I, that's why I've never used injuries as an excuse, I think. I just think the injuries have just been the very leaders. The leaders, I think, is is the big issue. Um. So, but yeah, look. Um. The players have it in them, and uh, I'm sure that they'll they'll get back to one way soon. And it's it's part of the course. We talked about it with Michael Carvel as well. Um, and he admitted as a former player, like, you know, fair criticism is fair. You know, you all players accept. You know, if you go out and, and things aren't going well or you don't play well or the results aren't good, you have to accept criticism which comes your way. And there is no doubt that, you know, among the, the, the support, there's a, a growing number of fans who are dissatisfied with the players' performance and also the management performance as well. That's the world that we live in. We're not going to shy away from that. Um, It is difficult, isn't it? Because... Like it's what do you do? It's you know that the team and the management, as you said a few minutes ago, there's good performances in them. Is it just looking for that spark or one result that maybe changes, or do we need somebody to come back from injury just to try to give a a wee spark to the rest of the guys? It's well, what do you think? Yeah, I think winning breeds confidence. Mm. Um, you just look at the Glenavon, for example. And, yeah, I would just love to get you know. I don't know how long George Powers is out for. From what I gather, he'll not be seen maybe February, March time. From maybe what I gather, um, and then Chevy, I think, is maybe back for the start of the new year. So, yeah, and then obviously the January transfer window too, and you're probably just looking for um for the Irish Cup um as well. And obviously, look, I told you on Wednesday night, um, <laughs> we're going to get a really tough draw. It's just how it is. If we'd have won Tuesday night and got into the cup or got in the cup semi final, you knew rightly we'd have had a favourable home draw. It's just how it, I you just knew. Um, but maybe that could just be the kickstart of things, um, as well. But I just think everyone just needs a wee bit of a lift. Um, you know, for a quarter final at home, um, so the crowd was quite quiet and there wasn't much of a crowd there, I suppose, too. So just a kick or something or just some good news. I, I don't know. Um, 
But um, to be fair to the fans, the fans have always come out in their numbers. The fans have been brilliant for Florian. Um, and, they're all, and they're so loyal. And we always mention it all the time that even when we're not a good run, they still go out in their numbers and, you know, they're, they're, you can't second them. Um, so Well, I think there's a few getting seconded at the moment. But yes, but there is. If, but you, that, if, 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 you, if you take social media or whatever. Yeah, 100%. And I would say this Saturday, the, the crowd won't be won't be great this Saturday. And I can understand that too. You're not in great form here. Christmas mm. absolutely freezing and, and different things too. But you'll still have your, your I wouldn't say loyal, because loyal isn't the right word, but you'll still have the hardly second core group there, I would say is probably the better way of putting it. So... But yeah, that's par for the course. Um, whenever you're not in good form, the, the knives come out and, and everyone else. So, um, yeah, look, I'll let um people have their own opinion. They people entitle their own opinions. They they pay their money to go in and watch them. So yeah, and as long as it doesn't obviously walk the line. So um, but, oh yeah, look, um, yeah, look, results haven't been good enough. There's no shying away from that. <laughs> There's no getting away from that. Um, but I just think that we just need to get a few leaders back in that team and and just try and pick up a few ones from 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 somewhere. It is. <laughs> To be fair and to be brutally honest, it's difficult when you're looking at the team and some of the performances just recently. It's difficult to see where that one's coming from. Oh yeah, I I, I get that. Um, and yeah, look, I think it's very easy for me to say if there was an, you know, if we had a car out for the next one laps, we would have beat Glenavon away, and you know, that sort of thing. But you can't, you can't do that. Um, obviously. Um, yeah, we've 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 struggled. Um, really, and our last one I think was against Balmain, and that was by a penalty. So. Obviously, we just we just haven't picked up any ones recently, and we just we need to. Um, we're probably in our more favourable run at the minute with Glavin, um, Lock Alding, and the you know, teams that we should yeah. be beating. So it's important that we start picking up points because then obviously you're going to hit a more difficult run with with, with, with the big guys. So no, yeah, look, obviously it's been disappointing, but um, as I said plenty of times, there's more than enough ability in that management team and. And and actual playing staff, they 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 turn it around. Yeah, I think also as well, it's, it's like we all follow sport, we all follow clubs, whether it's Korean and a club in England, Scotland, whatever the case may be. We're all long in the tooth. Things don't always go your way, you know. I know a long-suffering Leeds fan. I know there's ups and there's downs, and you just have to, whether you like it or not. I'm sorry, you just got to just sometimes. No, it's the rough. It's the rough. It's the rough of the smooth. Um, uh, we're going through a rough patch. There's absolutely no getting away from that. Um, no, but, no disguise um, But listen, um, you have to stick by them through thick and thin. And yes, we're all frustrated. There's probably no one more frustrated than me. Um, but at the end of the day, you're you're probably still going to be there Saturday to cheer them on, and that's just the way it is. You you love you, football. I swear, it gives you the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. It's it's, it what, it's what you sign up for, and we're a pretty big low at the moment. But um. Here's hoping we've got plenty of highs and <clears throat> look, you know, January's coming around too. There could be, you know, investment could be done by then. Who knows? I genuinely don't know. Mm. Um, you've a Boxing Day Derby as well, so the Irish Cup will come around. So, ah, uh, yeah, look, um, it's a busy month as well with with local on Saturday and and um, then Dungannon. I think there's a corporate lunch on Saturday as well and different things. So, no, look, it's a busy. Mm. I think, um, I think the January transfer window. Needs to couldn't come around quick enough. I think there needs to be some sort of yeah. I would I would be shocked. I would be very very shocked if there wasn't any movement. Um, probably both in and out. Um, mm. to be perfectly honest, again, look, you hear a different names ballot about. Um, but at the end of the day, um, there's not much point talking about it unless they're done and, and pen the paper because there's been a few signings there recently. That, you know, I haven't even had a clue about. So, um, but yeah, look, I think um. Yeah, I think I think I think it'll be a busy one to be perfectly honest. As well as that, look uh, the investment as well. I would probably know more about my wallpaper here in the house than I think about what's happening with that investment. So, um, whether or not it's in on time, and whether or not the players have to look about maybe going full time, part time, who knows? Um, there's just so many different questions that. Do you, yeah, do you think do you think all the speculation and 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 all the chat about investment behind the scenes, etc. Um, do you think that has an, had an impact on what is happening on the pitch? Because I know the manager and the players, and the, they'll tell you, oh, it doesn't affect us. We just concentrate on our job and stuff. But being they're only human, and they're bound to sort of think about what's happening and what's likely to happen. And that, even subconsciously, I think, do you think it has a, an impact on maybe what's taking place on the football pitch? I, I don't really know, do you? I, I think... Mm. 
I think off the pitch, they're probably sitting there thinking, will I be at Korea next season? You know, can I go full-time or, you know, am I happy enough with my part-time wage and working part-time? Yeah, I've got maybe a year and a half left in my contract. So subconsciously, they're probably having the conversations because obviously January's coming up and different things. But I think once you cross the right line, there's a pride thing. You're, you're playing for yourself. You're, you're playing for the badge. You're, you know, and at the end of the day, look, you have to perform the goods to, to earn your full-time contract, so to speak, as a, as a professional. So, mm-hmm. um. I would say more no than, than yes, but I think subconsciously you're probably sitting there thinking when you're not playing or whatever, oh, what am I going to do next season if I can't go full-time? So, yeah, I would say, I wouldn't say they're they're going out there thinking, I'll not be here next year, so I'm going to play rubbish or whatever. I've never, ever, ever would ever come out with that. But I think there's probably, probably had maybe subconscious thinking, will I be here or can I go full-time? But once they cross the pitch and play play their football and play for play in front of the crowd or whatever, no, they're, they're playing for pride and they're playing for themselves and, and they're playing for the club, obviously. Yeah, I suppose that's almost links back to your or or guest Michael Carville earlier, and he, and he was talking about you know being there for for players and not knowing about contracts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and that's exactly why that union, the football group, is set up is to help, I suppose, give players advice in the very sort of manner that you're talking about. Maybe players are unsure of their careers for next season, and that's the, the likes of Michael Carville along with Stephen Larry can maybe offer some advice and, and help and guidance as well. So, um, well, here, just we'll have a quick look ahead to this weekend. Um, you mentioned the corporate dinner uh, in the Lodge Hotel on Saturday lunchtime. I think Tim McGarry's down. Well-known Cliftonville fan. I'm sure he'll have a good laugh at Corian's expense there. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be looking forward to the Irish Cup game, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of laughs for them. Um, please keep me in your thoughts and prayers when I'll be out running a half marathon as preparation for the marathon next year. So, um, yeah, I had a, had, a, had a good weekend last weekend at the snooker, so I have to get back in the end of my programme. So, um, yeah, needs must. So, I had my football writers doing Wednesday, and so just time is sort of against me and then work and stuff. So, um, no, yeah, I won't be there, but I'm sure everyone, like always, they'll, regardless of how the team's doing, there always seem to be a good crack at them and people meeting up for Christmas. And, you know, listen, that's what that's what life's all about. They, they enjoy yourselves. And obviously, luck all are the visitors. And, and that's not an easy game, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're sort of struggling and under pressure for a, a win. Luck all are by no means easy. And, and they've already proved uh, in their first season back in the Premiership. But they're more than capable of holding their own um, among the, the so-called big boys, aren't they? I think they're only four points behind the bandsiders going into this weekend's game. Yeah, they, they've taken some big sculpts this year. I think they beat Lauren at home and they drew was it away to Crusaders. Uh, I think they might have drawn away at Flippenball or maybe narrowly beaten. So, yeah, we, we had a tough tough game down there. We just about held on for, for a 2 on win and they're maybe a wee bit like ourselves and they maybe just not in the best of runs. Um... I know they were beaten and by Portadown twice in both cups there recently, and they I think they drew at Carrick and beaten by Dungannon. So, yeah, they'll they'll probably be looking to get back in one of ways too, Benny. Benny means necessary, and yeah, we have them twice in the space of space of three weeks. And yeah, look, I, I know Dean well, and I know they, they play the same way, and they, they're very very good at it. So yeah, interesting to see how 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 they fare and and coming down here and. Yeah, that could be that scoring could be anything. You know, I think both teams are, are probably desperate just to pick up a win. So but yeah, look, I think every everybody will say this that, that Lock Gall have made a fantastic start of the season. Uh, and they'll probably be looking to try and maintain that and, and not get maybe caught in a in a in a in a relegation battle because Glenavon have started to pick up wins, Carrick of Carrick, Carrick will probably strengthen in January, let's be honest. And then that'll obviously uh Ballerina Nuri and and the Swifts and the Swifts have picked up a couple of good results here recently. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, I think um, yeah, it'll be a very telling month for for Lockall as well. Um, I think too. Yeah, interesting game in 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 prospect there. So basically, go to the the corporate lunch and get a win of swallies in you, so that whatever happens, you don't really care. <laughs> I'm talking at first supporters, not obviously you, because you'll be working and and I'll probably be working at it as well. So, um, well here. Not much more you really can say. We're just looking for a, a win just to try to yeah, like, get yeah, a just a win and just a win and try and keep things ticking along and just to try and pick up as much points as we can until we try and get a few injured bodies back mm. and a new sign yeah. coming in or or whatever it is. And so no, yeah, look, I think I think the club's naturally down at the minute. There's no getting away from it. Um but it's up now to the players and 
up to the management staff and, and the fans just sort of rally around each other and just try and get try and get out of this um, and try and pick up as many points as you can and, and get as much momentum probably before the cup cup quarter final or Irish Cup. We just knew it was going to be clever. I, I was, as I say, I was at that football Raiders do on, on Wednesday and we were watching it and big Stevie was beside me and I says to him, I goes, I know this is going to be an absolute bugger of a tie and Cliffenville come out. But the way I look at it too, Cliffenville won't want to play Corey either. That's no, no. They'll, know, they'll know after the last couple of years they beat us at Solitude that they're going to the showgrounds that there'll be a bit of an added space to it. So mm-hmm. they, haven't won, they haven't won the Irish Cup since World War II finish. So um, <laughs> yeah, and no, all it gets set up for a massive game and I think you're right, it'll probably be the, the Friday night game I'd, I'd imagine. So. But yeah, look, um, we'll, we'll have to just see. We will. Indeed, that's all for another day. And who knows, there might be one or two new bodies on board by then. So listen, Johnny, as ever, thank you very much for your time. Here's the a big thank you to uh, our special guest there this afternoon, Michael Carville. Uh, lovely, lovely chat with him and, and great work that he's doing as well. So um, even though he did break Johnny's heart on numerous occasions when he was wearing the blue of Lanfield, well, we will let him off, Johnny. I will have to. Uh, no, listen, he's a good lad. And anytime I've mm. needed him for, for the media stuff, he's always been great. And, yes. and we've got a good good friendship with, um, with, with Stevie as well. So no, mm. all good, all good. And he had to go and pick his daughter up from school, obviously. So here, we'll wrap it up. Um, just finally, before we go, again, big thank you to uh, our podcast sponsors, The Lodge Hotel. Uh, they have gift vouchers currently available, the perfect Christmas present. Uh, probably can be used anytime, you know, and for lunches or dinners or overnight stays, whatever it may be. So you can get them online at thelodgehotel.com or simply just pop into the hotel reception. So <clears throat> until next week, whatever you're doing, enjoy your Christmas shopping. If you're for the corporate lunch on Saturday, um, enjoy. And we hope and pray that this time next week we might have uh, a win that we can talk about and try and cheer everybody up before Christmas. Um, Johnny, thank you very much. Thank you, David. We will see you soon. And all the best to everybody who listens. Thank you very much for all your feedback. And as ever, to wrap it up, on the Bad Sliders. Bye.